A dream, I'm making the picture, looking at it, and thinking it's just beautiful. Beautiful dreams. Hi, I'm Justin Polera from pulpistaken.com, and this is Madge Weinstein from Yeast Radio uh, and also insanefilms.com. And I'd like to talk about two exhibitions that uh, are happening simultaneously. The Don't look at me. Okay, the first exhibition. Jesus Christ. The first exhibition is at the Art Institute of Chicago, and it features the work of the now uh, deceased but master artist of the photography medium, Henry Cartier-Bresson. And I wanted to talk about Cartier-Bresson for two reasons. One, he was a great innovator. Uh, and when he moved from painting into photography, it was during a time when photography, especially photojournalism, was not considered a high art form. Um, but his innovation that he brought to it was perfect composition, uh, as well as a eye for what he called the decisive moment. So this first photograph that we're showing is of two children playing in the streets. Besides the fact that it's geometrically and uh, vectorly beautiful, the composition comes from the, the, the rules of good painting, it also captures a kind of exciting and thrilling moment uh, in this sort of childhood experience. So, What makes it a perfect composition? Uh, you can see sort of this division of one-thirds, this golden ratio, the sort of top-to-bottom aspect of it, uh, the way it's broken up and the way that the figures and the, the, both the ground, the foreground and the background uh, are perfectly balanced. So. Uh, everything he does, he does on the fly. So so there's this great quote from Cartier-Bresson that he said in 1957, photography is not like painting. There is a creative fraction of a second when you are taking a picture. Your eye must see the composition or an expression that life itself offers you, and you must know with intuition when to click the camera. That is the moment the photographer is creative. And he famously called this the decisive moment. Also known as, duh. <laughs> he went on to say, oh, the moment. Once you miss it, it's gone forever. So what... Like Britney Spears. Uh, <laughs> but, Oops, I did it again. Yeah, that's the one. And here you can see his famous use of triangles, uh, especially the upper left there is kind of this perfect right triangle um, and then broken up in these three, these three dog figures that uh, also make another triangle. So it's these, these kind of circling vectors that he's famous for. So you're saying he was good at creating a good composition when he found that one moment. Yes. He's his eye and an incredible eye for seeing things. And also there's this just total beauty and excitement. Uh, but they kind of look crappy. I mean, the quality of the, I mean, the composition, yeah. And I like the subject matter of both these two photos, but the, the crappy quality, it looks blurry to me. Well, he, he was also, you know, well known for this morose. So he was interested in that pixelation or uh, this sort of separation that, that you see in black and white. He was a master of the darkroom. He spent a very long time post-producing his photographs. He didn't think that the photo ended when you click the camera. It was about yeah. creating those elegant black and whites, those gray tones. So, so these photos, actually, Cartier-Bresson had a really important um, 10 years of work from 1932 to 1942. Okay, that answers the question. And he was captured uh, okay. by the Nazis. He was in the Nazi oh. concentration camp. He was thought to be dead, and his first exhibition happened in 1947, post-World War II. Um, it was a posthumous exhibition at the Museum of Modern Art in New York, wow. of which he attended. He wasn't dead. He was not dead. He attended the exhibition. Oh, wow. um, it was really uh, groundbreaking. It was discovered that he had actually escaped Nazi concentration camps three times. But that 10-year peri ten period of work from 32 to, to 42 is considered one of the most important and concentrated efforts any artist took. Very long answer to a very easy question. What are we looking at now? Now we're looking at a uh, painting by Bonard. Uh, Bonard was a 
great inspiration to Cartier-Bresson, and Bonnard painted the same time as Matisse and Picasso, but uh, Cartier-Bresson is famous for saying that Bonnard was better than both Matisse and Picasso because he was more sensitive and more attuned to art being made by the individual. See, to me, this looks like, the, it looks like a Matisse, but with Gauguin's sort of fine-tuning it. Yeah. It's actually better than both of them to me. I, I would agree. And Bonnard is definitely one of the great uh, painters of the modern era. So I'd like to get a Bonnard. You can, you, you know, they're very expensive and very... Sometimes in the steam room. <laughs> it's, it's not good for the painting. It's not good for the layups. Uh, this is actually the last piece that I'm going to show from uh, Cartier-Bresson, and you can see this is uh, like he does, where his, mm -hmm. his photos have this incredible contrast between this beautiful running figure who's scurrying across the, the water puddle, um, just that moment where he jumps off this kind of land bridge of a ladder that's in the puddle. Yeah and makes a splash in the water in his reflection. So it, it appears that Brisson has taken this photograph on the fly. It's pretty amazing. It is. You don't think he took it on the fly? He did take it on the fly, oh, but okay. but it, but the thing about Brisson is that he almost always has the composition in his mind, in his mind's eye, yeah, before yeah. he takes the photo. William Eggleston has an exhibition, a retrospective at the Whitney Museum of uh, American Art, mm -hmm. and this retrospective covers his uh, his entire life from the '60s to the 2000s. And this is a photograph he took uh, in the '60s, probably during his travels. He was a Southern-born American artist who spent his time took, taking photographs of banal things. He was famous for saying that he was taking photographs of nothing nothingness and of no ones. Uh, but what's really great and what's really elegant, and of course at the time it was extremely controversial because he was one of the first fine art photographers to use color. Mm -hmm. At the time, color was the exclusively used for commercials like cheap cigarette ads. So what year is this then? Uh, so this would have been around 67. Okay. Uh, and when he would take these photographs, he would do so at diners or he would do so... Um, well, in see, this isn't boring or banal to me. This is much more interesting than uh, most of the other photos we've seen so far. Now uh, we, we see this as extremely edgy and extremely innovative, which it was. But when. I just think it's interesting. I mean, anybody can put a bunch of bottles together. Or, you know, it's granted, it's great to see somebody skipping across a pond. Right. But this is real life. This is. And this that, is my house. <laughs> this is probably some, uh, you know, bed and breakfast that uh, Eggleston was staying at. Mm. So as, as he was kind of. Uh, the thing about Eggleston that's totally different than it was about Brisson is that Brisson had to photograph for his occupation. He had to be paid. So a lot of those photographs were done on commission. Eggleston was born rich, so he could just kind of laxically take photos of whatever he likes. This is an incredible photo. The thing that, uh, like this. yeah, it's really, really beautiful. The thing that impresses me always about Eggleston photographs is the color. They always have this autumnal look to them as if they're catching the season going from summer, which is really bright and right. vibrant, right into winter, that. this kind of subdued, really, really low saturation, beautiful yellows, mustard yellows. What's this one with the the boy in the cart? Oh, so this is Eggleston kind of trying to understand. He had this old world mentality. He was a southern gentleman. Mm -hmm. What is this new world of shopping carts and fast food chains? Um, and there's always this kind of a reticence for the modern that you, right. you see in his, this sort of reverence for the past. And, and this is a really elegant photo of a young gentleman pushing. He's sort of the cart guy for, uh, for, for groceries. He probably went out of sex with him. Now, Eggleston was instantly recognized as a classic to artists working at the time. This is an artist who came of age in the 80s and had seen Eggleston's revolutionary exhibition at the Museum of Modern Art. And her name is Nan Golden. She is still 
uh, with us. So she's one of the great living artists and a female. There's another photograph by Nan Golden. This is actually a self-portrait. What she did is she took his style, which was this kind of snapshot mentality, this capturing uh, everyday life, everyday experiences, this really edgy nightlife photography. She brought it to an entirely new level. The other thing that Eggleston did, which the Whitney exhibition captures, is that he uh, did videos. He took videos in bars and in nightlife. And Nan Golden actually used the format of slideshows, uh, one of her most important works. What's this photo? And then let's end. Oh, this is a photo of Nan Golden having been beaten up by her lover, Brian. Actually, let's do one more photographer. I'm going to take this quote from Robert Lowell, who says, uh, These days of only poems and depression, what can I do with them? Will they help me to notice what I cannot bear to look at? And again, so uh, Eggleston and Nan Golden take photos of things that are hard to look at, but really true and core to uh, to our lives, sort of the dark side of living. Uh, this is an Eggleston photo, a really famous one called The Red Ceiling. And uh, the next photographer is Zoe Strauss. She is an untrained photographer in Philadelphia, but she is very much impressed by and, uh, and takes from Eggleston. So. Yeah. And then there is the one, I'll try and put it in because I didn't put it in our list, but the, uh, the stairs. The stairs. That's also Zoe Strauss. Cool. Extremely uh, beautiful. All so right. there you go. That's very interesting. And um, as far as the world goes, um, still with the hemorrhoid going to the doctor tonight, that's politics. And that's <laughs> our show. And uh, Justin, what's our contact info please uh email us and let us know what you think at pulp is taken at gmail.com the site will be launching uh soon hopefully in the next uh, Stop month looking at me i'm not looking at madge weinstein she's got a hemorrhoid so she's not feeling well but thank you keep watching let us know what you think Bye. ciao i just have to accept him like he is and he is a treasure don't you think Biggest fool we ever met. Most <laughs> precious thing, too. I don't know how you stand yourself all the time.